Hey there everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Horror Crypt Podcast, episode number 130. Now today, look, we've had so many movies of blood, guts, gore, horror, kills, disaster, all that sort of stuff that I just wanted just to bring it down to earth. Now next week is obviously coming up to Halloween, so I'm thinking that I'm going to hold over All Hallows Eve to do that one. Um, that way it actually coincides with Halloween. But today I just thought I'd just do something fun and entertaining. Now this movie is not for everybody. I watched it last night and I thought, well, um, yeah, okay. I remember it being a lot better than what it was. I mean, look, it was made in 1979. So that sort of like is going to give you an idea of just where we're at with regards to the horror movie situation. This movie is like it's got no no blood. It's got no guts, no gore, no kills, no nothing. It is just a comedy horror. What movie am I talking about? Well, I'm I'm talking about the movie that was released on April the 6th, 1979. It goes for 94 minutes. It was actually had a budget, would you believe, of $3 million, but it made $43.9 million at the box office. It actually has George Hamilton and Susan St. James, Richard Benjamin, Artie Johnson and Dick Shaw. What movie am I talking about? I'm talking about Love at First Bite. Now, this movie is, as I said, it is nothing to really sit there and go, okay, I really want to get invested in it. It is a pure comedy horror film. It's nothing more than that. And it is very, very entertaining. There are certainly some uh, very funny parts of the movie. I mean, the movie itself just goes along very, very well. But remember, it's a comedy horror. So you're not going to see any blood, guts, gore, whatever. It is just fun for fun's sake. It's basically 94 minutes of you just sitting there watching something wash over you. Now, if you do want to watch this movie, it is currently available for free, ad-free, and obviously not dubbed on YouTube, which is absolutely wonderful because I was actually going to go and buy this movie. I thought, okay, I'm going to go and buy it on eBay. Found it for like you know ten dollars fifty, and I'm like, oh well, that's okay. I could I could certainly afford that, but I'm like, well, I just see if it is actually on Netflix. Uh, not on Netflix, on YouTube. And would you believe? Yes, it is. It is actually for free. So thank God I don't have to go and buy it. Not that I, you know, I probably would have gone to buy it, but you know, I figure it's for free. Might as well go ahead and watch it for free. Look, before we get started on this podcast, I really want to thank each and every one of you for coming to visit me every single week of the Horror Crypt Podcast. It really humbles me that you guys enjoy uh, this podcast. I've just been overwhelmed by the amount of support that I get from you guys and from my beautiful little horror community. So thank you very much once again. Remember, if you do want to get in contact with me about anything, horrorcrypt2022 at gmail.com. That's my direct email address. But you can reach out to me at the Horror Crypt Podcast on Facebook and Horror Crypt Podcast on Instagram. So there we go. You've got a number of ways in which you can contact me. As I said, this movie is just fun, it's entertaining, it's nothing, you know, very heavy. And I just thought that, you know, as I said, after the last couple of weeks of, you know, the 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 ones that I've been doing, I really wanted to just step away just for a moment and just 
get my head together and just see something that even though it is a horror movie it's not over the top so i'm actually really glad to do this one and look before we get started on this podcast we always have to listen to the trailer so sit back and relax because here is the trailer to love at first bite there is a creature of the night whose very name strikes terror in the hearts of man he fears only mirrors the scent of garlic and the sight of a crucifix he feeds upon human blood only sunlight or a stake driven through his heart can destroy him or those whose blood he drinks his name is dracula i love you and i can give you eternal life i knew it an insurance salesman i've already got prudential yourself a nice Jewish girl, doctor. That's the other one, isn't it? Dracula in New York. His style is irresistible. His curiosity is irrepressible. And when he takes a bite out of the Big Apple, his appetite is insatiable. If you're hungry, master, we could ring for the night maid. <laughs> absolutely love how this movie starts off because you're seeing the, the beautiful looking castle and you're seeing the the thunder and the or you're not seeing the thunder obviously you're seeing the lightning and you you know you're hearing someone playing the piano and we're following you know into the actual um castle and we're seeing that dracula is sitting there and he's playing the piano but of course as he's playing the piano we're hearing all the wolves howling continuously and he does come up with the great line children of the night shut up 
And of course, this is when we um, see that he goes to grab a drink of blood. And of course, it's a little, it's not room temperature. It's not body temperature. It's actually room temperature. So he calls for Renfield, who comes over, and he he does scold him and says, you know, remember this is you know body temperature. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, master. And he goes, oh, here is um, the magazines that you wanted for you to drool over. And he starts looking, and he's like, you know, and he and Dracula's not very impressed with this because he, as he says, filth and pornographic. And he throws it into his fire, and he goes, where's my fashion magazine that um, I was looking for? And, of course, this is when Renfield does say, you know, whatever Master wants, Master gets. And we see that he hands it to Dracula, who starts looking very lovingly at the front cover. And we see that he's enamored by this woman by the name of Cindy Sondheim. And she is um, a fashion model that he is seeking out. But he does say that this woman is the only woman that he's ever loved. And, of course, Renfield sort of like is taken aback a bit and goes, what about the Co- Countess de-, de Montes in 13, whatever it was? And he goes, well, that was sex, Renfield. This is love. And he goes, this is like a, an old love that I've felt. So now we see that, you know, he is really enamoured with Cindy. And he decides that he's going to go downstairs and go into his coffin. And, and I don't know why he's going to go into his coffin, because it is night time. And that is the time where Dracula would be up and more more active. But he, he decides to go down and into his coffin and so this stage that he not it's only a very small amount of time that he's been in his coffin where Renfield comes down and starts to knock very feverishly at his coffin because something's going on upstairs and after this someone at the door they want to see you I I think they're from the government how do you know they're wearing shoes and therefore by a unanimous vote of the central committee it has been decided to turn this castle into a training camp for our young athletes. You and your cockroach-eating friend over there have 48 hours to get out. Good evening, comrade. Count. Wait one minute. This is my home. My people cleared the land. We tortured innocent peasants for it. We even murdered for it. By Romanian law, that makes it ours. Now you listen to me, stupid. In 48 hours, we'll be back here with trampolines, parallel bars, swings, and Nadia Kamenich. Don't be here. Don't be here? Where am I to go? You have a choice, comrade count. Either you spend the rest of your life in an efficiency apartment with seven dissidents and one toilet, or you gather your aristocratic shit together and split! And I love the fact that after this scene, we see them walk out of the the castle and Dracula does say to Renfield, what's an efficiency apartment? Renfield goes, I don't know, master. What's a toilet? I mean... I mean, it, it, were they born undead? I mean, was Renfield born undead? Does he not know what a toilet is? I've got no idea. So we see that the um, the world-weary Count travels to New York with his bug-eating friend Renfield and establishes himself in a hotel, uh, only after a very interesting airport trans- transport mix-up because we see that there are two coffins being delivered to New York and Renfield happens to take one of them, which we find is supposed to be going to another mortuary or another another funeral of a uh, of a um, African American family, <laughs> and uh, unfortunately this sort of like gets changed over where Renfield takes the African American uh, person that's passed away, 
to the hotel and unfortunately we've got Count Dracula has gone to the funeral so this is a bit of a bit of an interesting uh, mix up there <laughs> so while Dracula learns that that late 1970s America contains such wonders as blood banks and sex clubs and discotheques the Count also proceeds to suffer the general ego crushing that comes from life in the Big Apple of course he also once again he is pursuing his romantic you know um, infatuation of uh, Cindy Sondheim he also believes that, you know, this woman is the current reincarnation of his true love, Mina Harker. So we all know, if we've seen the uh, movie version, the Bram Stoker's Dracula, that Mina Harker was um, Jonathan's uh, love interest who happened to be uh, swayed and swooned over uh, by Dracula. So we can sort of see what's going on. So poor old Dracula comes back to the hotel room and says to Renfield that, you know, you're going to arrange to get my coffin and then you're going to go tomorrow morning and you're going to go and find out where this this woman um, is now but you know what time does the sun set and he goes oh by 752 and he goes good by 753 I want to know where she is is staying well we find out that that Renfield goes to um, Cindy's uh, publicist and we find out that she is going to be doing a photo shoot in Central Park of course when Drew Dracula does go there and we can see that Cindy is you know doing this this whole photo shoot she's holding two afghan dogs and of course this is when we see that dracula turns himself into an alsatian and goes over to or a doberman i should say yeah i think it's a doberman goes over and barks at the the other dogs to move out of the way so he can come over and start getting very friendly with cindy unfortunately we see that he gets, he gets caught by the city dog catcher and thrown into doggy prison we also see now that he has to pay a, a license fee to get himself out of jail, out of the doggy jail. And unfortunately, we also see that he's he's running out of top coats and and uh, and outfits to wear. So he does instruct Renfield the following day to go, and he's got to go buy um, new tail coats and new outfits for him because he really needs to get something um, a little bit more to dress in. He doesn't get you know the sports coat or the jeans or whatever. He's always walking around as he says. How would you like to be walking around looking like a head waiter? So. I I thought that was actually a very very funny little um little snip so we also now see that uh dracula is getting a little bit restless just sitting in the hotel room so he decides that he's going to go out to get a bite to drink and this is very interesting because we also see he goes into three areas to try and get something to drink and uh things don't go uh, things don't go to plan Yeah, honey. Honey, how many times do I have to tell you if you want to do it, off with the cufflinks? Cufflinks? I'm not wearing any cufflinks. Well, well then what's that scratching my neck? Look, a chicken, a black chicken. Chicken! Jose, find the water, find the water, Jose. Oh, you're a black chicken. Leave us an egg or something. I like looking 
yesterday, dinosaurs and elephants and now bats. Well, why not? I don't know, little fella. <laughs> Poor old Dracula ends up by, as we hear, biting the drunk. And the next scene we see, or, you know, there is Renfield sitting next to Dracula's coffin and we hear him singing the same song that uh, the drunk was actually singing away um, when he was drinking. And, of course, this is where we also find out that Dracula's getting very upset about the fact that he's not scary anymore. I mean, he, you know, he says to Renfield... With you know people driving around in cabs in in little you know like little um, what did he say? It's almost like he was they drive around in little cages. Who's afraid of a bat anymore? And he goes anyway. I'm not a bat. I'm a black chicken. I'm a skinny legged yetzer. <laughs> so he's like, that's it. I'm not going out tonight. And Renville's like, no, you are master. And he's like, what do you mean I am? And he goes, you are going out tonight. And he and he shows him a little bit of paper, and he has managed to get the, the information as to where Cindy this model is every single night and she actually hangs out at a discotheque every single night sit by sits by herself talks on the phone but is in that sort of environment so we see that dracula does go to this nightclub manages to get his get in now this is interesting how he gets in because when he goes to the door he knocks on the door the security guard opens up and goes oh, are you a member and he goes i'm looking for somebody and the guy goes well aren't we all and he lets him in so it's like uh so is he supposed to be a member to be let in or as I said, don't think too much about this movie. It's just funny. That's all it is. It's funny, it's enjoyable, and it is a horror movie, so we'll go with that. So we see his, him go over to Cindy, and uh, she's talking away on the phone, and he manages to, to disconnect the phone by just a wave of his hand and introduces himself as Dracula. And uh, we also see that he is a very accomplished dancer and manages to drag her up on the dance floor. And uh, so this sort of like per persuades her to maybe, you know, after you know he's they've danced together and whatever, that maybe we can go back to my place or your place, whatever. And so we see that Cindy is very, it seems to be very easy to get into bed. We also see now that we're actually arriving in the apartment. And unfortunately, she is not very, she's not the most... Um, house proud person i've ever seen because he walks in and she goes can i get you anything and he goes um maybe a broom and she goes oh yeah well okay i don't really clean it killed my mother so so he goes to just move away from the area and he's sitting on, on the balcony and uh, cindy cindy goes um and gets changed and you know tries to get herself all dollied up we also see that she's wearing a wig so she's just got you know really nice short hair but you know really nothing over the top but we do see that Dracula is not interested in drinking wine because, as he says, he doesn't drink wine. And Cindy is smoking a joint, but she says, "We got, I've got some Maui Wowie, some really heavy shit." And he goes, "Yeah, well, I don't smoke shit either." So he goes, "She goes, oh, okay." And she suggests another drink to him, but of course, he's not interested in that. We see him being uh, carrying Cindy to the bed. And she tries to explain to him that, you know, you're under no obligation to contact me tomorrow. I know this is a one night stand. And oh, by the way, I'm not on the pill. Um, but, you know, because they're giving me migraines. So, you know, just just make sure you're aware of that. And we start to see that he starts to bite her. And she is very enamored about this, this situation. So much so that she says, are you biting me? And she goes, oh, that is so kinky. Oh, oh. And as she's saying, oh, oh, we transition into the next scene where we see that she's actually on the uh in a psychiatrist office who happens to be her then on again off again boyfriend who who is by the name of jeffrey rosenberg uh, i don't know jeffrey it just wasn't like what we have you mean dinner the movies occasional sex to relieve anxieties more than that uh -huh. or it was 
wild. It was crazed. It was just the, oh, it was the most unbelievable sexual fulfillment I'd ever experienced. Why don't you come to the office next Monday? I'll give you a shot of penicillin. Oh, don't be snide, Jeffrey. I want to get to the bottom of this. I really do. All right, let's analyze this. That's what I'm here for. That's right. Let's see. The first time this happened, you blamed it on low blood sugar. The glucose tolerance test, which... which I paid for, proved negative. Time before that, you said you were having a double crisis day according to your biorhythm chart. I was. You were, huh? Mm -hmm. No, no. Last night, you were on a definite optimistic upswing. That's true. So much for that bullshit. Doctor, I think you're losing your objectivity. Oh, really? Yes. Moving right along, the time before that, you claimed the CIA had planted a mind-bending drug in your feminine hygiene spray. Well, but we checked it out. They never heard of you. So, what's left? What is it that causes you to behave with such rampant promiscuity, little miss? Hot pants. So we really see that there's a good chance that Dr. Rosenberg is really starting to lose it. He also explains to Cindy that, you know what, you haven't paid for any of these sessions in over a year. And my, my accountant is really starting to get on my back. And as they say, if you don't pay for it, you don't get better. And she's like, oh, okay. But we do see that, um, you know, she says to him, you know, have you ever seen such a dynamite hickey like this? And he, he goes over and he goes, no, 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 it can't be. And she's like, what is it? And he goes, Dracula. And she's like, and of course she says to him, oh my goodness, how did you know his name? And he says, you know, he it was a long time ago. You met him when you were, when you were very young. And she's like, Dracula? And he goes, no, 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 my grandfather, um, Fritz Van Helsing. And so we do see that the conversation goes to, well, how many times did he do it? And she's like, two and a half, I fell asleep. And he's like, no, 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 how, how many times did he bite you? And she said, oh, just once, it was our first date. So you think that, man, this girl is very easy to get into bed. And uh, so he does say to her, listen, is there any chance that I can meet him? And she's like, well, um, okay, well, he's taking me out to dinner tomorrow night. But, you know, don't you screw it up. And he's like, yeah, no, I won't. I just I just like to meet him. So we do see that, you know, that's that's going to be an, a contentious issue with, uh, with unfortunately, Dr. Rosenberg. But he is he's happy about the fact that Cindy is going to allow him to be introduced to Dracula. And we do see in the restaurant that they do get introduced to each other. And there's a bit of things that goes backwards and forwards about the fact that he had to change his name for professional reasons. But his name, his last name is actually Van Helsing, Jeffrey Van Helsing. His grandfather was Fritz Van Helsing. And unfortunately, this is, you know, one of those people that happened to be the old nemesis of Dracula. And they start to go backwards and forwards with a a possibility of trying to get each other to fall asleep, as in they're trying to hypnotize each other. And poor old Cindy is standing or sitting there, was originally standing to go to dinner, but she's now sitting down. And they're, they're both talking backwards and forwards to each other. Both the guys are saying, you're getting drowsier and drowsier. You're falling asleep, Dracula. No, you are. No, you are. And finally, Cindy has had enough. So she's like, that's it. But he, yeah, Dracula had given her some roses. And as Dr. Yo. Know, Jeffrey Van uh, Rosenberg says, don't touch the thorns. So she picks up her roses and off she goes. And of course, these two guys are still sitting there trying to get each other to fall asleep. Because as Rosenberg says, I want you to hear the truth about this person. So, you know, there is, if he does happen to fall asleep, well, Cindy's gone. So there's really no, no point of this whole endeavor going on. 
But now we see that we're back in the apartment and Cindy is sitting on the bed and we see that Dracula flies to her balcony and knocks on the balcony door to say, you know, Cindy, let me in. And she's like, well, no, you can't come in. I've got a man in here. Of course, he forces his way into the bedroom. And she's like, you know, you arrogant SOB. I've got a man in here. And she's she's set up a whole lot of pillows to make it look like someone is laying there and put some covers over the top. Of course, you know, at a quick flash of his hand, Dracula manages to pull the covers off and there is nobody there. And, you know, when she is sitting there going, you know, um, you know, <laughs> I've got a man in here. He's like, well, yes, now you do. I am Dracula, a great power. And yet I'm humbled before you. You're the only woman I've ever loved. You belong to me. Look it, I'm not your slave. Now I've asked you nicely to leave. Now I'm going to call the police. I mean it. You sought experience. And none has satisfied you. You long for something wild and overpowering. Sweep you beyond thought. A rooster crow. A rooster in New York City? It is late. I must go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Come on. Go to bed. Maybe get in a little quickie. No. With you, never a quickie. Always a longie. So the rooster crowing is the fact that he had actually said to um, Renfield that, you know, before the sun rises, please make sure that you you know announce it to me so I know that I can get back into my coffin within time. So when you do hear him, you know, do the rooster crow, it's the fact that it is getting close to daylight and Dracula has to get into his coffin. So we do see that he manages to make it back into the hotel room in, in enough time, gets into his coffin and closes it and we're all good. Now, the fact is now that Rosenberg is really now content on deciding that instead of me doing my practice i'm going to focus my entire efforts on trying to kill dracula and we see that rosenberg happens to go to the same hotel that both renfield and dracula are staying at and so this stage that he decides that it would be really really interesting to go and maybe do something to end him once and for all as in in dracula now if my lovely female listeners are listening right now and i'm sure you are remember I love that little that little line. Never a quickie, always a longie. So you know, if there are any guys that you're with, you know, say to them, "I don't want a quickie, honey. I want a longie." <laughs> and I think that was actually a really awesome little line that um, Dracula pulls out of his butt right then and there to say to to Cindy. And Cindy's really okay. Well, uh, next, you know, if you want to come back tomorrow, please use the front door. Don't come through the through um, the balcony, which is completely fine. So now we see that Rosenberg does happen to go to the hotel, as I said. And he's now checked into the hotel and the the porter is saying to him, would you like me to help you with, with your luggage? And he's like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. That's fine. And we realize that he's got something in this bit of luggage. We only find out when he actually gets into Dracula's room and it happens to be an entire gas can uh, of, of fuel, uh, as in, you know, um, petrol or, you know. Uh, guess and he's going to decide to start setting Dracula's coffin on fire. Can I really do this? 
Freudian wouldn't do this. A Jungian would do this. A Reichian would do this. But I'm a Freudian. But I'm also a Von Helsing. On Helsings who have ever lived. Burn, baby. Burn. Who's smoking? Rainfield? This is a perfect example of a man taking charge of his own life. And I feel pretty good. Rainfield! Fire, room 903! Master! Let it burn! Let it burn! We got the wrong guy, come on! Let it burn! Let it burn! Let me go! I'm the doctor! Unfortunately, this whole thing does get him arrested and sent to Bellevue Hospital. But the fact is that he's not, you know, in, he's doesn't he's not in a straitjacket or whatever. He's just being under some sort of psychiatric hold. And uh, this is where Cindy does go to visit him and says to him, "Listen, you know, you've got to stop these jealous tantrums and no more fires." And he's like, "Yep, no more fires. I promise. I'll be good. I'll be better than good." And uh, she's like, "Well, okay." And he goes, "Well, listen, you've got to get me out of here." And she's like, "Well, it's all been arranged. Just sit tight. You're going to get out of here, but." Please calm down and relax. And he's like, yep, I will. I promise. And then we do see that he's been drawing a picture. And he does. It, it is a picture of uh, Dracula that he writes over the top of it. Dracula sucks. <laughs> we then see that. Now, this one, this scene, I don't understand. OK, and we're coming up to this now. So we've got Dracula and we've got Renfield and they're in a hearse and they're going towards a blood bank. Now, they pull out, up out the front of the blood bank. And they're going to go in to not make a deposit. They're going to make a withdrawal. They're going to steal all the blood out of the blood fridge. Now, they knock on the door, and the security guard opens the door and says, I'm sorry, we're closed. And, he's, and of course, Dracula does say, we've got a very sick man in the car, and we need blood. And he goes, well, that's a hearse. And he goes, well, maybe I'm, we're a little bit late. And he goes, listen, I'm sorry, we're closed for today. And he's like, well, you know, maybe the fact is you can come back tomorrow. And of course, this is when Dracula goes, the only thing that's closed is your eyes and happens to hypnotize him to make him fall asleep. Then the next scene, we see that Dracula and Renfield go into the actual main office where there's a nurse sitting there and gives them some paperwork and says, follow me. Now, are you closed or are you open? <laughs> that I don't completely understand. We do see then that they decide they end up by robbing the place and robbing all the, the blood out of the blood fridge. We then transition over to um, a restaurant where Dracula and Cindy are having dinner. And Dracula does give her a very extravagant present. And she says, listen, I think I'm falling in love with you and you know, why do you treat most me so well and this and that. We're going backwards and forwards with the conversation of how much you know, he loves her and she's starting to love him. Unfortunately, Rosenberg happens to come up upon the the whole dinner situation. But before that, we get into this that scene. We've got where Dracula does say to Cindy that, you know, I can make it that you never have to look in the mirror again because she's very concerned about the fact that she's getting older 
you know, the jobs are going to start dwindling as far as her modeling career goes. And she's always concerned of every time she looks in the mirror that she has to check for any wrinkles. And this is where Dracula does say, well, I can, you know, make it that you never, ever have to look into a mirror again. Unfortunately, this is where Rosenberg happens to break in to the party, <laughs> as in her their, their meal, and discuss things with him at a, a very, let's say, a very interesting way of discussing this. I can arrange it. So you never have to look in a mirror again. I can arrange it so you can. The second way to kill a vampire, Count. Three silver bullets through the heart. No, Rosenberg. That is a werewolf. A werewolf? Really? Are you sure? No harm done. The man's all right. This was for a werewolf. No problem. Calm down. Take it easy. I'm a doctor. I know what I'm doing. He's all right. He's even got my own collar. Not to worry, my dear. It's small annoyance. Now, before the whole thing had happened where he decided to try and shoot Dracula, you know, Dr. Rosenberg had actually gone to the police and had spoken to a guy by the name of Lieutenant Ferguson and said that this is what's happening. There's been a rash of bat bites throughout the city and I need your help. And, of course, he's not believing this whole thing. Now, with the fact that this whole you know incident where he's gone and shot Dracula, and, of course, it's just a, just a small annoyance, but I just love how he always says, I'm a doctor, I know what I'm doing. I just think that is a classic little line throughout this movie. So we now see that after there's a mysterious case of the blood bank robbery and vampiric attacks begin to spread, the, the police officer, Lieutenant Ferguson, starts to believe the psychiatrist's claims. And, and unfortunately, we see that Rosenberg had actually been locked away in a lunatic asylum in a nice padded cell with a straitjacket. So now we see that he's just deciding that maybe there is some, some you know validity to this whole thing and I'm going to get you released. So he does get it released. And we also see that Dracula has gone to um, Cindy's apartment and has said, listen, we leave tonight. We need to, we need to leave. I need to go somewhere. So we should leave. And of course, Cindy is like very, very interested in going with him because, you know, she's now, he's now the love of her life sort of situation. So this whole movie is arriving at its crescendo almost. So we've got the doctor and we've also got the police officer who happens to get to the apartment building and runs in to see Cindy. And, and of course, Cindy's doing a herbal mask. And this is where, you know, Dr. Rosenberg's like, oh my God, he's drained all the blood out of her. I've lost her forever. And she's like, come on, Jeffrey, you've seen me wearing this a million times as a herbal mask. And uh, we and we find out that they are actually going to get married next week. So I don't know why it is that we're starting, you know, going to be leaving you know, uh, on a plane somewhere. So if we're going to be getting married, are we getting married in New York or are we going to get married somewhere else? So, and this is where she does say to um, Dr. Rosenberg that I'm a little little light on China and but I, and I would like some silverware and he's like, you get nothing from me. Now it's interesting on this fact about, you know, what we're going to get into next is the fact that they want to get into Cindy's apartment. And the police officer was saying, you know the law, you can't break into another person's apartment, we need to go somewhere to get um, a legal court order. And he says, I know a friendly judge, so I don't know whether this is night court, whatever, but they end up in night court and they are trying to explain to the judge about the fact that there is a vampire running loose in New York City and we need a, we need a search warrant so we can go into the apartment and arrest him or kill him before he bites his girlfriend on the neck. Of course, the police officer is, uh, sorry, the, the judge is not buying the, this whole thing. So we see that we've now gone back to the apartment building, but before that we've got um, Renfield that happens to be looking after Cindy in the apartment while Dracula goes off and gets the airline tickets to go wherever they're going to go. And we actually find they're actually all going to be heading to London. 
And of course, this is when Dr. Uh, Rosenberg happens to come up to the apartment again and knocks on Cindy's door. And she's like, you can't come in. He just breaks down the door and he walks in there and we see that he's confronted by Renfield. And we find out that Renfield, unfortunately, tells him exactly where they're going to be or where they're going to be going. Renfield is knocked out. And of course, this is when Dr. Rosenberg sedates Cindy and takes her into the elevator. Unfortunately, when they're in the elevator, there's a blackout that hits the city, shutting down the elevators as we know it. So Dracula happens to come into the apartment again through the, the open window, and Renfield is like, you know, he lost. I've lost her. She took. She was taken into the um, elevator. We. I can't. I did, couldn't get a hold of her. Dracula then goes and saves her out of the elevator, and luckily rescues her from Rosenberg's clutches and when he comes out of the elevator after the power goes on the police officer standing down there and Rosenberg goes well I, I had her I had her but he, he took her out of the elevator and up the elevator shaft so we then see that they're actually getting into a cab and they're making their way to the airport of course they're being pursued by Rosenberg and Ferguson and unfortunately when they get to the airport they find out or, Ro or actually um, Renfield finds out ahead of time that his coffin is accidentally sent to Jamaica instead of London and so this is when um, Dracula says, well, that's okay. I'll meet you in Jamaica. So we see that they're going to be going to Jamaica other than going before going to London. Of course, this is when we see that Dracula and Cindy start running towards the aircraft to try and get on. But unfortunately, we see that they've actually missed their plane. And this is where Cindy tries to explain to Dracula that it's too late. We've missed our plane. And he does say, well, actually, there is another way. Stop. It's too late. There is another way. The third bite. But I don't know, Vladimir. I mean, you're, you're a beautiful lover. And you're a great dancer. You go through doors great. Of course, I don't know how you're going to look as a bad. I just don't know what to do. You'll have to tell me what to do. You must make the choice. No. For me. In a world without romance, it is better to be dead. Cindy! Cindy! I'm pretty sure I love you! What am I saying? Of course I love you! I think. Do it now, Everything she owes me. She left me, but she learned something. She's a responsible person. Or whatever. Of course, as we see that the movie is starting to come to its 
inevitable conclusion. This is where Dr. Rosenberg and Ferguson are standing there trying to figure out what was it about this guy? What did he have? Because, you know, he, he's, you know, we couldn't stake him. We couldn't shoot him. We couldn't burn him, you know, because he managed to escape everything. But, you know, what was it about this guy? What did he have that made him so alluring to women? What was it with that guy? I mean, what did he have? Was it the accent? Good evening. No, I think it was the cape. The cape? The cape. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. Try it out. Let's see what it looks like. What do you think? Hmm. Definitely. It was the cape. It really looks terrific on you. You think so? I think so. Listen. Um, Doc, I have an anniversary coming up, my 10th. And if I came home this Friday night with a bottle of wine, a dozen roses, wearing that cape, I think it would drive my wife up a wall. Can I borrow it for just one night, please? All right. Thanks, Doc. But I want it back Saturday for the weekend. Sure, and I'll even have it clean. All right? Okay. Thanks. This isn't so hard. I think I'm going to love immortality. There is one small disadvantage. We can only live by night. Oh, that's all right with me. I mean, I could never really get my shit together till seven anyway. And as the movies concludes we see that dracula and cindy are now bats flying across the ocean the movie fades to black and that is the end of love at first bite now as i said to you it is nothing serious this is just a fun comedy horror movie it is nothing serious to think about it is just entertainment for entertainment's sake and on a scale of zero to five buckets of blood how do i get the last 94 minutes of my life back to five it was a perfect movie there are a lot of you that will sit there and go i would not watch it i wouldn't be interested in it and if i do see it, I'll probably give it a one out of five. You know what? I understand that because these movies are not for everyone. What I think is not what you would think, and what you think is not what I would think. But this is why I love my horror community and I love my the people that come to listen to me at the Horror Crypt Podcast because you guys really interact with me backwards and forwards. A little bit more interaction would be good, peoples. I need a little bit more interaction from my, my family. But however, I would definitely give this a solid Okay, it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm going to give it, just for, for comedy's sake, I'm going to give it a solid 4 out of 5. There are some glaring errors, um, but look, I'm not going to go really into all the great details of how bad it is. It really isn't that bad. It's just a fun movie that I've actually always enjoyed as you know a kid to watch, and I've grown up you know, watching it every now and again. You know, and I'm, when I say every now and again, maybe every five to seven years. Um, but I just, I really do like this movie, and it's nothing that is over the top. There's, you know, there's really no swearing. There isn't any swearing really at all. There's no blood, guts, gore, horror. There's no dismemberment, all that sort of shit. As I said, I just wanted to do something fun this week because we've had so much intense horror over the last couple of weeks, and I've got one next week as I said, which is All Hallows' Eve. That was the original movie before they did Terrifier that I'm going to be doing next week. So, you know, I just wanted something to, to break up the extreme horror that we've gone through over the last couple of weeks. Before we finish this podcast, though, we have to certainly do Paul's Fun Facts.
as usual, there is an enormous amount of trivia on this movie, and I'm not going to go through all of it because it'll probably bore you guys to death. But the theatrical movie was well known for its signature song played during the disco sequence. Now, I watched it the other night, and I'm like, hang on a minute, that's not the same song. The song was actually the classic song, I Love the Nightlife, sung by Alicia Bridges. Now, I thought, well, hang on, why do they remove that? Why is that a different song? Well... Due to licensing issues, the song has been removed from most of the TV broadcasts and all DVD transfers and replaced by the different song, a cover version of The Man That I Love. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, what the hell? The song was actually better. You know, the, the original song was way better than that one. The Bridges song is still listed in the closing credits and is heard on the original trailer, which you would have heard. It's also heard no less than three times. So I'm like, okay, well then why isn't it included in the in the um the actual movie? We're not really sure about this, but fans of the song and the movie Worldwide has been furious about its removal from the DVD release. Fortunately, I Love the Nightlife was restored for the Region 1 Blu-ray release from the Shout Factory in 2015. So it is still available. Um, you do, you can actually still listen to it, but unfortunately all the other ones, not, it doesn't, it's, it's just completely disappeared. For many years, this was one of the highest grossing independent films of all time. And as I said, the small budget that it had, that it blew out to over 40, almost $44 million. Like, holy crap, that is freaking awesome. Now, apparently, you know, there was a situation where George Hamilton's career was really waning and it was really starting to become stagnant. He wasn't getting the parts that he was going, was, that he was going for. So this is the first of the two late 70s and early 80s spoofs of the legendary character starring George Hamilton that actually rejuvenated his career. Both films featured him wearing black capes and the other one was Zorro the Gay Blade in 1981. Yes, you heard that right. Zorro the Gay Blade. I've never actually seen it, but that was another movie that um, managed to rejuvenate <laughs> George Hamilton's career. The age of Dracula in the movie was said to be 712 years old. So I guess that would be a, a, a pretty old Dracula, that's for sure. Just a couple more to finish off. So one of the five Dracula movies made and released around 1979. The films are Dracula 1979, Nosferatu the Vampire 1979, Love at First Bite, 1979, Nocturna, 1979, and Dracula, Blo Dracula Blows His Cool. I don't know about that one. 1979, also from the 1979, were the vampire movies Thirst and Salem's Lot. So there is there was a plethora of Dracula movies around that, that time that you could certainly, as they say, sink your teeth into. And just one final one, and this is a very interesting one indeed. In one scene, Dr. Rosenberg, as we saw, um, he's sketching a drawing of Dracula and headlines it, Dracula sucks. Okay, pretty innocent? No. <laughs> Dracula sucks, 1978, had just recently been the title of an adult movie version of Dracula, whilst the phrase Dracula sucks had also been a working title for this comedy version. <laughs> so if you're interested in seeing the Dracula Sucks 1978 movie um, that happened to be an adult movie, go for it. I'm sure you can find it somewhere online. But there we have it. That, that's just some of the interesting little trivia facts of A Love at First Bite. There are so many more. Um, I'd love to sit here and go through all of them, but I'm definitely not going to. But if you are interested, go into IMDb. They've got so many um, trivia facts of this movie. I don't know how many of you guys actually do do that after my podcast. But, you know, if you do have uh, some time and you are interested in Love at First Bite, then, yeah, go ahead and read all the trivia. But, look, 
Thank you very much once again for coming to visit me, the Horror Crypt Podcast. I know this is not the regular blood, guts, gore, horror, you know, dismemberment sort of podcast, but as I said, this is just fun. It's just something that I wanted to do today. Um, and I'd watched it and I thought this would be a really great movie to do. You know, it's nothing over the top. It's just something fun to do. And it is a horror comedy. So why not include it in the Horror Crypt? So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you very much once again for coming to visit me every single week that you guys do at the Horror Crypt Podcast until next week. And obviously the next episode is going to be dropping on Halloween, which is the 31st of October, as we all know. So stay tuned for that one. I will say, like I say every single week, I will creep you later. I used to work the suicide hotline. I... I just can't take it. I discovered my wife's been cheating on me for a while. And I just... I can't live like this. I have to kill myself. Doesn't it make more sense to kill her? You can count on me. The same way NASA counted on me during the Apollo 13 crisis. All right, I'm gonna need three coffins, mahogany with brass handles, three new daddies for the dead astronaut's kids, and a black suit for me. Sir, I think I know a way we can get them back. Is it hard? It might be. Yeah, we, we've kind of already decided we're going in this direction. For years now, I've been planning on retiring at 45, so I can work on finding a cure for Alzheimer's disease. Peter, are those testicles? Where did you get those? I don't remember! We've got to stick together, like that two-headed girl on TLC. Okay, who wants to taste it and who wants to smell it?